0: dolphins fans and welcome into the Thursday, August the 30th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's going to be a bit different today. We are going to spend eight full minutes talking about every team in the National Football League, but this is a Dolphins podcast, so we will get you guys prepped for the final preseason showdown tonight in Atlanta. Which players have the most to gain or to lose? Plus, we landed another big guest for the show. That'll be out next week on Sunday night. All of that and much, much more. But first, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Winkful NFL or at LockedOnFins for the show. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. For all the in depth analysis, news, and everything regarding this Miami Dolphins football team, every single day for you guys. And since the team did not practice on Wednesday and obviously is not practicing on game day today, we have no Mad Dog for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump right into the podcast. And the article currently up on LockedOnDolphins.com is talking about the game tonight, but it really is centered around 13 individual players that I find on the bubble of the roster. As we are just two days away from cut down day, the 53-man roster has almost materialized and covering this team all offseason every day for you guys. It's almost like getting that diploma at the end of the semester or whatever you want to call it. It all comes to a head on Saturday as cuts will be finalized. The 53-man roster will be set, and we will be on to a game week, breaking down an opponent, talking about an actual football game, and finally the return of Ryan Tannehill. But before we get to that point, for my money, there are 48 spots on this roster sewn up. 21 on offense, 24 on defense, and three specialists. Obviously, Jason Sanders, Matt Hawk, and John Denny are the guys that are going to fill out that part of the roster, and we'll go ahead and cut the special teams talk right there. But on offense... I think you have two position groups that are locked up, signed, sealed, and delivered, and some might argue that the quarterback shouldn't be involved in that equation, but I think it's going to be Ryan Tannehill and David Fales, so I'm not even going to get into Brock Osweiler or Bryce Petty, who by proxy getting injured ended up costing himself a shot at the backup job. I think running backs are set one through four. I think wide receivers could come down to a sixth guy if they so choose. Tight end I think will be four, but it could be three. You just never really know, and I think that fourth spot is down to two guys. And as far as the offensive line goes, that spot is a bit more tricky because you never really know if they're going to keep seven, eight, or nine guys on that roster. And I think there are two backups that are a solidified spot on the roster. Sam Young, and Ted Larson as the swing tackle and swing interior guy. But beyond that, you have a few guys battling for that spot as well. You have the cornerback spot to get decided. I think the safeties are about locked up at this point. Defensive ends, to me, I think are locked up. Defensive tackle is also the same, and we have to sort out linebacker. So let's go ahead and just go down that list, position by position, and talk about the 13 guys vying for five spots on the roster. Number one, wide receiver Isaiah Ford. I think that what he has shown would have earned him a spot if he was able to put it together last year and have a full year on the practice squad. You could almost write him in and pen on the roster, but because he got such a raw deal, having a season-ending injury in his first year, coming back to a very deep wide receiver room in his second year, he has basically seven-deuce offsuit is what he was dealt coming out of college, but he has really done a good job navigating those waters and getting himself into a position where he is somewhat worthy of a roster spot and if they keep six guys it's going to be him at wide receiver the tight end group there's two guys AJ Derby and Gavin Escobar and I never thought Escobar would get himself into this position where this was actually a possibility but because he has played on special teams so much and because he has shown an ability to block in line I think he has a crack at the final roster over AJ Derby who is really here for his familiarity with Gaze and the fact that Gaze liked him and that might be a downside to Adam Gaze's entire aura and what he is, but he showed an affinity for Derby last year. I think he likes him going into this year, so those two guys can beat for that fourth spot. I think there will be a fourth tight end and I think it'll probably be Derby, but those are two guys to pay attention to in the game tonight to see who separates themselves on the offensive line. I have four guys up here, Jake Brendel, Eric Smith, Zach Stirrup, Isaac Asiata, and if they keep eight guys. I think that's probably where it'll be. Only one of these guys makes the roster for Brendel. He would have been almost a shoe in if he would have stayed healthy, but he has not practiced since July 26th. That is not good news for him. Eric Smith got demoted last game, which I was a little surprised by. I think he has a bit of a mean streak and could play better at guard than he does at tackle, but maybe the Dolphins aren't thinking the same way there. Zach Stirrup got some run last year at left tackle in that Buffalo game, and it did not go well for him in that game, but he has improved in camp. And through the preseason this year, and has consistently been on the second team. Offensive guard Isaac Asiata, I just don't have a lot of faith in him. The technique and the mental side never came to him and paired up with that brute force he plays with. I think he has to really show out, and I just maybe he doesn't even have a chance, but if he does, Play very well. Maybe he can get back into that conversation. And he is not eligible for the practice squad. And you go over to the defensive side of the football. Cameron Malvo. I think Kendall Langford's emergence pushed him off the roster. They're not going to keep 11 defensive linemen. And going with the fifth defensive tackle means you only take five defensive ends. And with William Hayes looking like he's going to be back, I think Cameron Malvo is the one that has to go at linebacker. Stephon Anthony versus Mike Hole and. Hole would have the spot wrapped up if he didn't get injured, but because he might have to begin the season on IR, if they are to keep six linebackers, Stephon Anthony probably is that last guy, even though I think he's been a major disappointment. He can't get the defense figured out. He gets washed out in the run game far too easily, but both those guys contribute on special teams, so that's always in the back of the coach's minds. And then the biggest logjam we've had all offseason or all camp, I should say, comes at cornerback. And I think there are four guys that are going to make the roster outright. Obviously, Howard McCain and then McTire and Tankersley. And then there are three guys kind of competing for one, two, three spots, depending on where you put Walt Aikens. I also have Jordan Lucas making the team as a special teamer, and he's a cornerback as well. So I think he's on the roster there. But Tony Lippett, Cornell Armstrong, Jalen Davis, one is a holdover from a previous regime and Tony Lippett coming off of an Achilles injury. One is a sixth round draft pick this year from this regime. And then the other is an undrafted free agent who opened camp with a shot to make the team as the backup nickel. But I think Mika Fitzpatrick's emergence and role in that spot of the defense pushes him to the practice squad, and then you're down to Lippitt and Armstrong. And I tend to lean towards Armstrong because Lippitt just doesn't look like he's back from the injury. He's missed a lot of time, and Armstrong is a much better special teams candidate there. And that's it. Those are the 13 guys vying for five spots. Keep an eye on all of them tonight. Number one, Jalen Davis. Number 31, Cornell Armstrong. Number 36, Tony Lippett. Number 44, Stephon Anthony. Number 68, Isaac Asiata. 74, Zach Stirrup. 72, Eric Smith. 85 AJ Derby, 89 Gavin Escobar, and 84 Isaiah Ford all need big nights on Thursday to solidify their spot on the roster. All right, we are going to cover something that we haven't done on the podcast before talk about the entire National Football League, but that also means it's a good time to tell you guys about mybookie.ag. And with the growth of this podcast and my Twitter following and all the stuff that goes along with that, I get asked about advice daily, whether it's fantasy or betting on the games. And what I always tell people when it comes to betting on games is it's not about who you bet on, it's about who you bet through because mybookie.ag is the most reliable company in the business. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me and mybookie has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to mybookie.ag. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar using promo code On to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And do not forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account and claim that bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Segment number two of the podcast is going to explore a different realm than what we have done the entirety of my tenure in the big chair here at Locked On Dolphins. And I'm still a big football fan, college, the rest of the NFL. I love it all. So I wanted to get my predictions on the airwaves and kind of mix it up for you guys as we head into the season. And I have to cue this music that brings me back to my childhood and gives me all the warm and fuzzy feelings about football season, fall, and everything this time of year has to offer. Let's go ahead and speak Spend 8 minutes, put it on the clock talking about all 32 teams in the NFL real briefly and we are going to start in the NFC West on the opposite side of the Miami Dolphins Conference and we're going to take the Los Angeles Rams winning that division at 11-5, all the big name additions Sean McVay in year number 2, I think that team has a great chance to repeat as NFC West champions. The Arizona Cardinals, I have them at 8-8 eight and eight. I think Sam Bradford's a fantastic quarterback when he stays healthy, if he stays healthy he makes year 1 a success for Steve Wilkes down there San Francisco 49ers also eight and eight behind Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan one of the best play callers in the NFL but I think they need another year to get that program installed before they can really take the next step in the NFC the Seattle Seahawks take a big step back six and ten that defense is completely demolished the offensive line still a mess and the receivers are a hot pile of trash in Seattle for them there. They rounded out at 6 and 10. The NFC South, Atlanta Falcons, your number 1 seed in the NFC, 13 and 3. I love that offense. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Mohammed Sanu, Tevin Coleman. Devontae Freeman, and now with Calvin Ridley. Forget about it there. Number two team in that division, the New Orleans Saints, 11-5. Drew Brees and company are all back. Alvin Kamara, that defense is much improved. I like that team a whole lot. The Carolina Panthers go 8-8 eight eight behind Cam Newton. Take a minor step back because that offense has a bunch of pieces that aren't quite in place yet. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers rounded out at 4-12. I don't buy into Dirk Cotter at all. I think he is the first coach fired this year. Go over to the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings go 13-3 with Kirk Cousins and that legendary type of defense they have. The Green Bay Packers come in second at 11-5 and five with Aaron Rodgers back for a vengeance. But the tough NFC makes them kind of stumble here and there to an 11-5 and five record. The Detroit Lions come in third at 7-9 and nine behind Matt Patricia. I think they have a good offense there with Matthew Stafford and his weapons. But I think Patricia's system takes a couple of years to get installed there in Detroit. Chicago. I love what they've done this offseason, but I'm not a believer in Mitch Trubisky whatsoever. They go 5-11 and 11 and round out the NFC North, the NFC East, Going back to the Eagles. Philadelphia goes 11 and 5 after a slow start with Nick Foles and company. The Washington Redskins are one of my surprise teams at 10 and 6 with Alex Smith, who is a very good quarterback. Gets crapped on way too much. The Dallas Cowboys have a big step back as their offense is just kind of in shambles right now and not what it used to be. They go 6 and 10. The New York Giants hanging on to Eli Manning for no reason whatsoever. No defensive depth. They go 5 and 11 and round out the NFC. Let's flip it over to the AFC side into the West. The Los Angeles Chargers take that division 11-5. So much talent, and the luck has to go their way one of these years. The Kansas City Chiefs go 7-9 because of a prolific offense, but also possibly the worst defense in the NFL as the music changes there. I just love these songs from NFL primetime back in the day. Chiefs at 7-9. Oakland Raiders go 5-11. John Gruden trying to find his identity, trying to find the modern NFL game that he seems to be a little bit disconnected with there in Oakland. The Denver Broncos at 4-12. They had all these options for quarterbacks and they didn't draft one there and went with Case freaking Keenum. That's not going to work out for them there. They go 4-12. The Tennessee Titans take down the AFC South at 9-7 just because of Matt LaFleur and the new offense they installed there. I'm not a big believer in Marcus Mariota but they have a good running game and a good defense. The Jacksonville Jaguars take a big step back too because Blake freaking Bortles is still terrible and the fact that they put their money on him was a horrible decision. They are going to waste a generational defense if they continue on with him the Houston Texans at seven and nine they are paper thin across the entire roster a bunch of superstars but one or two injuries and they are not going to be able to hold up themselves the Indianapolis Colts come in next at four and twelve I don't buy Andrew Luck's comeback just yet I think that roster is really really bad across every position besides the quarterback and Luck will take a while to get reacclimated to the game up to the north the Cincinnati Bengals are a surprise team taking the division there at 11-5. I love that pass rush, and I think John Ross can have a big impact on that offense himself. The Pittsburgh Steelers go 10-6. Offense is still very good, but the defense without Ryan Shazier, they did not replace him, and it's still a bit of a mess on that side of the ball. The Baltimore Ravens get back to 8-8, eight eight, right where they were last year, I believe, and they can't get themselves in because the quarterback is still Joe Flacco, and he has been bad for a number of years now. The Cleveland Browns, for all the hype and all the talk and all the talent, all the draft picks. They still have Hugh Jackson at 1-31 and a complete mess of a program there in Cleveland. They get back to 5-11. and The sooner they start Baker Mayfield the better off they will be. And let's go ahead and get to the AFC East. The number one team in that division of course as always New England Patriots 12-4 put it in the books every single year for them until Brady and Belichick are gone. The number two team in the AFC East your Miami Dolphins coming in at 10-6. and They have the second best finish in the division because of such a poor division and the fact that they're going to surprise so many people this year number three new york jets six and ten they struggle behind sam Darnold to get things going but eventually they made the right decision there and then the buffalo bills two and 14 the worst team in the nfl rounding out the afc east and the afc and we are going to finish up this segment on the other side of the podcast and get you all the playoff matchups for my predictions for 2018 nfl it is almost back here the locked on dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. So, taking an accounting of the playoff teams in the AFC and NFC, let's go ahead and start with the top five draft picks going into the 2019 draft. The Buffalo Bills will pick first at two and fourteen. The Indianapolis Colts will pick second at four and twelve. Denver Broncos third at four and twelve. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and twelve pick fourth, and the Oakland Raiders round out the top five at five and eleven. They will pick fifth in the NFL draft. Your NFC playoff seedings go Atlanta number one, Minnesota number two, both with first round buys. The Eagles win the East, they're the three seed. The Rams win the West, they're the four seed. The Green Bay Packers are the five. The New Orleans Saints take home the sixth seed. As far as playoffs go in the NFC conference, the Eagles take down the Saints at home. The Packers go on the road and beat the Rams. So the Eagles go into Minnesota and they lose that game to the Vikings. Redemption there for the Vikings. And the Packers go into Atlanta and lose that game. So it is chalk in the NFC. Atlanta takes down Minnesota in the NFC championship game to get to the Super Bowl. Over in the AFC side, the Dolphins, our Miami Dolphins, take home the sixth seed and they will play the Cincinnati Bengals and get our First playoff win in almost two decades and head up to Foxborough to play the Patriots in the divisional round. And the other side of the bracket, the Pittsburgh Steelers take down the Tennessee Titans to get to Los Angeles. So it'll be the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers will take that victory home and get to the NFC, to the AFC championship game against the New England Patriots who knock off the Dolphins, who, Ride into the offseason very high after a 10-6 and record and a playoff win. And everyone is all excited and happy about 2019. But from there, the Chargers take down the Pats in the AFC Championship game and eventually lose to the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. So there you have it. Falcons over Chargers in the Super Bowl. Dolphins, a playoff team, a playoff win, a big surprise year. And everybody is excited about 2019 after that accomplishment. And there you have my 2018 NFL predictions. Go ahead and get at me on Twitter and tell me how stupid I am. I will appreciate every one of those comments that you guys leave me there and tell me what your picks are for the Super Bowl for division winners, wild card and the like. I will have a, a thread up on Twitter talking about those picks so you guys can go ahead and chime in there. We have a special guest on the podcast for Sunday night. I'm going to talk to ESPN's Cameron Wolf, the Dolphins beat writer for ESPN. He is going to have some great nuggets for us there. College football starts tonight and I am absolutely giddy. The best five months of the year are upon us. And though I feel like I have said this several times this offseason, the NFL and football is officially back starting this week and tonight really with college football. But as for this podcast, we are going to have to get out of here and call it a day. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. (laughs) Come to the same place It began my dream's imagination Perfectly at peace So I move along a bit higher